0: This morning, we're talking with Melissa Garcia, and your son has been going through a lot, medically speaking, I guess, since birth in a lot of ways. Tell us a little bit about him and and his story.
1: Well, we found out while I was pregnant with him that there was something um, wrong during an ultrasound, that uh, he was going to have kidney issues. And uh, he also has some other underlying issues as well. They monitored me very closely, and whenever I was 34 weeks, they decided that he he could not take, take it anymore, so he had to be born early. So they actually induced me, and he was born at 34 weeks, and he spent a month in the hospital. And um, that kind of began all of the ups and downs that he's faced. He's had a, a bunch of different types of surgeries over the years, The last major surgery that he had was when they removed his kidney, and that was right before he started kindergarten. And with my husband being in the military, we moved quite a bit. So every place we moved, the doctors had a different idea of what, you know, their own ideas, their own treatment plans. This is the most stable that we've been able to be with him and had consistent care uh, being here since my husband
0: retired. First learning that one of his kidneys would have to be removed. That was first learned when he was one.
1: When he was um, a baby, he had one kidney that actually never developed, and it didn't function at all. It functioned when they did a, a test. You know, they do tests all the time. Um, it functioned less than one percent, so it didn't do anything. It was just kind of there. They didn't actually talk about removing his kidney until I want to say it was probably about three or four months before we were on the schedule to do it. So I think it was the beginning of that year. So it's been a, a little bit... They, um, <clears throat> they wanted to remove it so they could make an area um, because it didn't ever do anything anyways. Um They felt that it'd be better to remove that kidney and make an area for him. That way they could access his bladder. And it also helps him to make sure that it it drains out easily.
0: Learning his kidney is not functioning properly the first time has got to be difficult. But then learning several years later that his now one kidney is not functioning properly What are some of the thoughts that that went through your mind upon learning that second kidney is not working properly?
1: Um, We were kind of always thinking that it was going, that it was, I I guess we didn't anticipate them removing a kidney. And uh, I, I never really thought a whole lot about that until that happened, that now he only has one but essentially he's always only had one and now that it's not functioning as well and it hasn't been functioning that well for a while you know we can see the decline in him his health and it's hard because there's only so many things you can control and you obviously i want to i'd like to be able to give him mine i tried to make sure that i and try to stay healthy so I could potentially give him mine but whenever I found out that our blood types were different that kind of knocked me out I can't be his donor and it's just scary the unknown of what's going to happen what can't happen and how wrong things can go if he doesn't take his medication after he has transplant he doesn't take it exactly as it's prescribed twice a day in the morning and at night, it could mean that his body will reject that new kidney. And then he has no kidney. There's nothing. So that's really scary, the thought of that. It's heartbreaking. I hate that when he goes to the hospital, the pain that he's in, knowing that I can't do anything for him, but just be there with him. It's uh, very difficult.
0: I think most parents will agree that whenever one of our children is sick be it a a common cold or they have to have their tonsils removed whatever the case may be there's always a lot of worry there's a fear there that I don't know what to do I'm helpless especially when it's a situation where your child's in the hospital and having something surgically done and you mentioned in one of your posts on social media that this has been a roller coaster for you your husband and probably for Noah as well, but what kind of plea would you give to those listening to ask for help in possibly donating their kidney?
1: I would just want people to, if it's something that you feel led to do, just get tested to share the information. Because just if you aren't comfortable yourself with doing it doesn't necessarily mean that the person that might see it, they might want to try to help him. That's what I would like, is just to see if we can't find someone who would hopefully be a match and kind of help him have a, I guess a better, not a better life, but it's just very difficult watching somebody young who's your child decline. So it would just, to have people share the information and if they feel led to, to see if they could possibly be a donor for him or even for somebody else, because he's not the only one. There's a lot of other people.
0: And your son, he's a good kid. Talk a little bit about some of his passions and things that he enjoys.
1: When he was little, he always wanted to you know, play football or be really active and do everything that all boys do. But he's always had limitations because of his kids. He couldn't do any contact sports. No soccer, no football, none of those type of things that all your typical boys get to do. So that's always been hard for him to watch on the sidelines as all the other Children get to do those things, and he hasn't been able to do them. He did get to play baseball, and that was nice, seeing him happy and enjoying that. But it got to the point where it was really hard and trying on him. Just like, you know, physically it was exhausting, so you know, he had to stop. But he enjoys you know, cutting the grass. He's trying to, you know, earn extra money. He you know, wants to start a little business. He loves his dog. We have miniature Datsuns, and he love, loves them. He just loves spending time with them. And being outside and being around friends and family, keeping up with sports. He can't play, but he likes to keep up with them. I
0: was reading on the Vanderbilt Medical Center website where it talks about those who do donate a kidney. They can continue to live a, a totally normal life just as if they had two functioning kidneys and that's that's the positive thing about those who do donate a kidney they're not only saving somebody in a major way they're also giving that gift that is life and they're also continuing to live their life what have doctors told you about not only finding a donor but what that looks like for the person who donates and then what that looks like for your son and uh, a timeline once somebody is a match.
1: For the donor, they've seen you know, they said that it's a little bit harder because their body has to obviously adjust after a surgery, but you know, your kidney, you, you can live with one kidney that is functioning. And it's just, it's overwhelming talking about it sometimes because I feel like uh, it's not going to be me. It, just watching i'm not actually the one going to be doing it so it's a very surreal experience being on the sidelines with him and not being able to be the one to do it but for him the transplant doctor said you know he'll have more energy hopefully he'll get 15 to 20 years
0: so does that mean he'd have to have a second kidney in the future
1: potentially it's just because of other health issues that he has. but I'm hopeful that it will be longer that we won't have to do this again. It's harder every time. If you do it again the likelihood of finding a match is harder because of the antibodies that we have in our bodies naturally that then he would have a transplant and then he would have extra antibodies. So if it was very, it was a lot of information to take in, but because of that, it would make it harder the second time to find a match. You know, every time you get, <clears throat> every time you do a transplant, you have these antibodies that you're taking on from other people that can actually cause you to like an allergy. So your body could react to them and then you build up that in your body. So it just makes it more difficult. And we've had some really great friends volunteer, and they've sent in their information, and they get the blood work. And you know, it's just amazing to know that that people care. Um, you know, just having somebody do that is
0: amazing. We're in that season where Christmas is—it's this coming weekend, going into Monday. I can't imagine going through this. In general, but to go through this right at Christmas time has got to make it tougher, but maybe at the same time, that's going to drive more people to say, I want to test to see if I could donate to Noah. And for those who do test to donate, how long of a process is it or did they tell you at Vanderbilt as far as when somebody submits the information saying, I want to donate, and then they do the blood work, how soon after can they either donate or they learn they don't, they don't match?
1: They submit their information and then they send them a packet in the mail and then they have to go get the lab work. After the lab work, then they contact them and they'll let them know if they're a match possibly, like kind of what level they match at, if they match potentially. But then after that, there's still more work to be done because you initially show that you could be a match. The person is going to get as the doctor said, the best physical they have ever had their entire life. The donor it has to be safe for them to donate. So it's not just about, you know, giving Noah their kidney but also making sure that, you know, they're protecting the donor and they're well enough and they're healthy enough to donate because there's a the criteria that they follow. So there's a little bit more after the initial lab work. I don't know exactly how long it takes. I did ask how many kids were on the transplant list at uh, Vanderbilt. They said there weren't a whole lot, Um,
0: five. We're talking with Melissa Garcia. Her son, Noah, who recently turned 14, is in need of a new kidney. Yeah. Yeah. For anyone out there listening who is a parent, I, I guess the biggest thing that they should do if they're hearing this is just to kind of pause and think, if this were my child I would want somebody out there listening to to donate a kidney. And and I know it's a huge request to ask anybody out there to donate a kidney especially to somebody you don't know. But you have to think, if this were my child I would want somebody to help them if I wasn't a match. That's true.
1: It's a journey that Nobody really completely understands, and they don't know all of, all of the different you know, nuances of what's gone on with him. You just look and see him, and you're like, okay, there's it. This kid, he looks normal, but you know, there's a little bit more going on.
0: Noah is 14 years old. Loves riding bikes, playing video games, and doing all the same things that most teenagers love.
1: You know, he's Definitely had his fair share of uh, ups and downs, but he's he's got a good spirit
0: about it all. But he gets tired a lot quicker and has to take a break. Noah's a little smaller than most fourteen-year-olds, and the reason why is tied to his kidneys.
1: He was just finally glad that he started growing. Um, yeah, he's finally above five feet, which is huge for him because he's always been the smallest. You know, he had to. You had to be on gross hormone shot because your kidney regulates your growth. And, you know, that is something that the doctor made a comment like, oh, you're not going to have to take it after you get a transplant. So it's little things like that that I think
0: that you know, people don't understand. Noah's got siblings as well. Talk a little bit about that and how helpful have they been in Noah's journey? You
1: know, we have five kids. Noah being number four, and um, it's a lot to juggle, but everybody kind of comes together and tries to help each other. The older kids will help him, and I think that's the one thing that um, has helped is that we've always had each other. Everybody's very supportive. My mom is here, and she's supportive, and she's been super
0: Outside that need for a new kidney, are there any needs right now? Because this has got to take a real toll on the family. I really can't imagine going through all this, especially at Christmas. But are there any other needs that you guys are asking for help with? I can't
1: think of anything. My husband's trying to convert the garage into Noah's room so he can have his on stage for after he has his surgery. And he doesn't have to go upstairs because... Told him that it was probably gonna be too difficult for him. So that's what uh we're currently working on is finishing trying to finish that. You know what? We um we normally we don't ask for a lot and um I can't think of anything that we need.
0: The Garcia family, determined to find a match for Noah, has already faced the heart wrenching reality that his mother, Melissa, eager to help as any mother would, is not a compatible donor. That said, the family is very actively participating in efforts to find a kidney for Noah. Despite all odds, Noah is an active teenager who enjoys the same things that all of his friends enjoy. But there's one difference, and it's a big one. It's the urgent need of a Type O or Type B kidney donor willing to donate their kidney. If someone listening would like to find out if they're a match and they would like to donate... They can visit our website, wgnsradio.com, and look for this story and then follow the links. For WGNS News, I'm Scott Walker reporting.